Welcome aboard, gentlemen. It really is the most extraordinary craft, Doctor. Mm. You'll have to explain how it's done. Damn sight more sophisticated than Pepper's ghost, I'll warrant. Oh, it isn't a trick, Henry. Mirrors, I suspect, Professor. Now then, where would you like to go? When would you like to go? The universe is our oyster. Well, it, um, it, it won't be too choppy, will it? Choppy? I think Henry is afraid of motion sickness. Well, I assume we should have to strap ourselves in. Safety harnesses, that sort of thing. Well, have you know that travelling the TARDIS is as smooth as a slide down the frictionless slopes of Mount Shear on an anti-Newtonian skateboard? A transport of delight. I dare say you're right, Doctor. Oh, no offence, I'm sure. None taken. Now then, my friends, hold on tight. What? No, metaphorically. Hold on tight to your minds. Firestorm, this is the life. You all right, Professor? Not really, Doctor. Will this take long? We're nearly there. You're looking a bit green, Henry. Oh, no, at all, Doctor. Just enjoying this transport of delight. Well, make the most of it, because we're about to land. Not a moment too soon. And that's when it really gets exciting. Let's go! Gentlemen, what do you think? I say, <laughs> quite extraordinary. On my soul, he did it. The blessed fellow's only gone and ferried us to some far-flung field. Did you ever doubt me? Well, no, but by <laughs> Jiminy, it's enough to knock a fellow for six. One minute, London, the next, goodness knows where. Indeed. You're... TARDIS is a wholly remarkable machine, Doctor. I like to think so, Professor. That infernal device. You'd have a more dignified restful excursion plunging over the Niagara Falls in a barrel. Well, there may have been a little in-flight turbulence, I admit. A little? Let me tell you, Doctor, if you think I'm consigning my constitution to that confounded contraption ever again, you are very much mistaken. Uh, Henry, I wouldn't speak too soon. Well, why? The return journey? Oh, oh yes. Return journey accepted. I shall never set foot in that craft again. Mr. Jago, as you've done little but complain since we landed, nothing could please me more than to take you home right now. Oh, for goodness sake. We don't even know where we are yet. Yes, where are we? It's a rum place, wherever it is. Some exotic climb? The jungles of Borneo, perhaps? Borneo? Borneo? Well, or, or India. I expect at any moment now. An elephant will emerge from the undergrowth, balancing a Maharaja upon its shoulders. I know India, and I can assure you that on none of my visits was the sky a vivid shade of lilac. Mm. Oh, my sainted aunt, you're right. 
Well, I'd say it was more of a move. I suspect we've travelled to somewhere more distant than the East Indies. Is that right, Doctor? Indeed. You see that small white point just above the treetops? That's Earth. Earth? Mr. Jago, Professor Lightfoot, you are standing on the planet Venus. Good Lord. Venus. Oh, well, I was in the right direction. Of all the ungrateful things. Breathing the air of a world a million miles from the place of our birth. It's beyond all imagination. Professor, a quick word in your shell-like. What? A thought just occurred to me. You don't think we should lay a claim to the land, do you? What on Earth? (laughs) Or rather, what on Venus? Do you mean? On behalf of Her Majesty and the British Empire, of course. Stick a Union Jack in the heathen soil and whatnot. Do you have such a flag about your person, Henry? Well, no, 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 I don't. Uh, Then I suggest we defer our colonial responsibilities for the time being. Right you are, Professor. Just a passing notion. What was that? It appears something's coming our way. Uh, Gentlemen, I uh, recommend you try not to draw attention to yourselves. Goodness me. What a beast. A brute, a prompting, nagging bunk. Put one in mind of the dinosaurs from the Crystal Palace. Doctor, what is this pachyderm? It's a shanghorn. Life form native to Venus. A shanghorn, eh? <laughs> Imagine seeing that head mounted on the wall of a gentleman's club. Lord! Normally they're docile, lethargic creatures, but this one appears to be in distress. Oh, if only I had a perigosto stick. What? A perigosto stick is a type of musical instrument. Shanghorns are pacified by music, you see. Ah, got you. Couple of toots and it's out for the count. Doctor, I think it's detected our presence. Yes. Time to improvise. Improvise. Oh, it's been shot. Yes. With some kind of laser weapon. A hit right between the horns. Expertly done, Your Imperial Highness. Better make absolutely sure the boot's dead. Don't want it causing any more trouble, do we? Captain Felina, have the carcass transferred to my sky yacht. As Your Highness commands. Intelligent life. Intelligent life on another planet. Not only that, George. They're women. Intelligent women. Just like Amazon warriors. Except they're covered in bright green plumage like exotic parrots. Yes, that is curious. But not altogether unattractive. The lady with the headdress appears to be in charge. I wonder who she might be. Queen of Venus, I expect. And a cold-blooded killer. Captain! Don't watch out, old chap. Over there! I think she might have heard that. Skulking in the foliage, three natives! Oh, we mean rumble. I see them, Your Highness. Do you wish me to neutralize them? No, wait! There's no need. We surrender. Uh, just be careful where you're pointing that blunderbuss. How extraordinary. Indeed, Your Highness. Some new variety of rascal, do you think? Perhaps. Captain Felina, release the hunting mesh! Don't struggle. The barbs will only become more adhesive. I only wish I could. I'm stuck. Barbs! Me too. 
trashed up like the proverbial turkey. Don't look much like Thraskins to me. You, the loud and colourful one. Me? You called me a killer. You murdered an innocent creature. One that posed no threat to you. On the contrary, less than an hour ago, that beast brutally savaged my chief scientist to death. But that's impossible. There's no way that a Enough! Shank... Captain Felina secured the three natives in the hold of my sky yacht. What? As your Imperial Highness commands. We shall take them back to Amtor with us. They shall make excellent hunting trophies. altogether impressed with these Venusian coves, Doctor. First chance they get, they stick us in Durant's vial. They should be grateful. They could easily have had us all killed. After all, Henry, as far as they're concerned, we're simply wild animals. I doubt our own great white hunters would be quite so sympathetic. Well, I'd rather not be cooped up like a canary in a cage if it's all the same to you. Is voyaging to far-off worlds often like this? Being accosted by people waving guns about? Yes, that's pretty much par for the course. Tell me, Doctor, what do you know of these Venusians? Oh, not much, I'm afraid. I've met them a couple of times before, but never during this particular time period. Sorry, go follow. I mean, when I met them previously, it was several hundred years in the future, relatively speaking. No, still not with you, old chap. But don't forget, Henry, the Doctor's machine can travel in time as well as in space. What he's saying is that he met these Venusians before, but at a later date. Ah, I understand. Do you? Not at all, no. On my last visit, I spent a couple of weeks studying their martial arts, I remember. I was travelling with Jamie and Victoria at the time. Victoria? Who had the Queen in that blessed box of yours? No, well, at least not yet. Doctor, I have another question for you. Yes, Professor? The Venusians. They communicated in English. Ah. I was wondering if you'd notice. Well, nothing odd about that. Our mother tongue is the lingua franca. One can hardly imagine them speaking anything else. Yes, but why not French or Dutch or Spanish? Because, dash it, then we wouldn't be able to understand a word they were saying. French-speaking Venusians, indeed. Surprising as it may seem, Mr. Jago is correct. While you travel with me, you have the ability to comprehend all languages, even Venusian. I see. Fascinating. And it has to be said, most convenient. Oh, never mind all that. Shouldn't we be trying to find a way out of this flying pleasure boat? I'm afraid that may have to wait. Look through the porthole. Well, dash me optics. A floating city in the clouds. Mm. Must be that Amtor place she mentioned. A veritable Laputa. Extraordinary. A mighty metropolis suspended by by hot air balloons. With great factories, belching out smoke. Most unhealthy. Hold tight, I think we're coming into land. I've never been more insulted. Never in all my days. Well, what were you expecting? Tea and crumpets? Well, I don't know. Where of all the indignities to be put on display for the great unwashed like 
freaks in a carnival show. I believe that's what this place is, though. Some kind of zoo. Certainly smells like the elephant house at Regent's Park. See that over there? That's a shrieking glorosus. Delightful, isn't it? And that's a Venusian spore beetle. Try not to catch its eye, it has a rather nasty sting. I still can't believe it. Exhibits in a menagerie to be poked and prodded at. Roll up, roll up, the sensation of the age. Marvel at the magnificent Earthmen in all their glory. Complaining is hardly going to help our predicament, Henry. Well, what do you suggest, Professor? We just sit here, dumbly, like those furry fellows over there. What furry fellows? Our audience in the next cage. Big ears. Don't talk much. I say, they're like lemurs. But the size of a man. Yes, I seem to recall they're a species known as Thraskins. Ah. The creatures the lady referred to when she captured us. Yes, but this is all very strange. Not how I remember it at all. They shouldn't be caged up. Something's wrong. You make no sudden movements, or I'll have no choice but to use this weapon on you. You, the one with the white fur, and you, the one with the curly mane, come with me. I think she means us, Professor. Indeed. Help us up, could you? That's it. Nice and slowly. Now, hold out your upper limbs. Like this? Ow! And of course. That's hardly necessary. Just to make sure you don't try anything. Now, follow me. What? Wait! What about me? Don't you want me to come with you? Hello? Wait! Looks like you're on your own now, Henry. Oh, cripes. Left to rot in some foreign dungeon. <laughs> Don't know what you furry jollies have to look so cheerful about. We're all in the same boat together. Your laboratory? And a highly sophisticated one. You're some sort of scientist, I take it. My name is Ursina. I'm the chief scientist in Amtor. Sorry? I thought that lady said you'd been savaged to death by a shanghorn. That was my predecessor, chief scientist Corvina. She was the victim of an unfortunate accident. It must be a worry, taking over a job with such a high mortality rate. I'd ask for danger money if I was you. So, why have you brought us here? Just to run a few tests, find out what makes you tick. Not by dissection, I trust. That shouldn't be necessary. A few cell samples should suffice. Open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. Thank you. And now you, Curly Mane? I'd prefer it if you called me the doctor. Doctor. Say, ah. Ah. Well done. It'll take an hour or so for this device to decode your genetic structure. Oh, I think you'll find it'll take a while longer than that. My name's Lightfoot, by the way. Professor George Lightfoot. I'm a scientist, too. Of a sort. May I ask the reason for your interest in what makes us tick? It is my duty to catalogue all the species of this world, such as yourselves. Ah, I'm afraid you may be labouring under a misapprehension. The Doctor and I, we are not natives of your planet. I'm sorry? What the Professor is trying to say is that we are travellers. From Earth. From Earth? But that's impossible. I used to think so too, my dear. But I can assure you, it's not. The Doctor has a craft that can voyage between worlds. When I said it was impossible, I meant it was impossible you could have come from Earth. It's a dead world. What? 
It's a barren, airless rock. Nothing can survive there. Earth? I say, are you absolutely sure? Our astronomers have made detailed observations. Professor, remember, my ship can travel through time as well as through space. What? You mean we're now in the distant future? Yes. Yes, I think so. Oh, I see. That's a relief. One has rather a lot of affection for the old place, you see. So, my Thraskin friends, you see this coin? You see it? Good. But where has it gone? Mystery. Is it in this hand? No. Is it in this hand? No. Then where can it be? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. <coughs> hey, Presto! <laughs> I can give you... Uh, here, you, you take the coin with you. No, 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 you're not supposed to say Well, it can't do any harm, I suppose. What is that red-faced creature doing? It appears to be entertaining the Thraskins, Your Highness. Have it brought to me, Captain Felina. As Your Highness commands. Thraskinwalla, if you could fetch us some cooled water. At first we thought the Thraskins were merely savages, but some of them show signs of a rudimentary intelligence. And that's why you use them as your slaves? Hardly, Doctor. They are simply domestic servants. They don't seem to have much choice in the matter. It's not as if they protest. In fact, they seem to enjoy their menial responsibility. Ah, here we are. Thank you. You may treat yourself to some sweet fruit. But these Thraskins are your fellow creatures, for goodness sake. They have as much right to this world as you do. Hardly. The Thraskins are a recent development. Hmm? What do you mean? Well, haven't they always been here? No. Until six years ago, this planet was an arid desert. It's been like that ever since the beginning of history. That's why we chose to live in cloud cities. But we've been down there. It's like a tropical rainforest. Exactly. Six years ago, plant life started appearing across the surface of the globe. This was followed by insect life, and in the last few months, we have discovered new types of reptile and arthropod life. All these different species have just been turning up as though from nowhere. Precisely. Corvina had some theories about their source before her untimely death. Yes. Tell me, Osina, were you present when the incident with the Shanghorn took place? No. It was while she was out gathering specimens. Why do you ask? Was anyone else with her? No. So how do you know a Shanghorn was responsible? Because when they found her, the creature was feeding on her remains. Which is odd, because as well as being shy, placid creatures, Shanghorns are also strict vegetarians. Professor, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think so, Doctor. But I would need to examine the body to be sure. Examine the body? What are you talking about? The professor here is an expert in the science of forensic pathology. Pathology? What's that? I examine corpses to determine the cause of death. Don't you have such scientists here? No. Then I think you should let the professor take a look at the body. After all, what do you have to lose? Your Highness, we have brought you the red-faced creature. Then let it enter. Our Royal Majesty, how delightful to renew our all too brief acquaintance. Let me just say how humbled and uh, honoured and overjoyed I am to be in your exalted presence. You have the most extraordinarily expansive speech patterns. One does one's best, Your Majesty. 
Indeed. You are no doubt wondering why I've summoned you here. I've been observing you. Observing me? With this remote televisor. I say that's that ingenious. Moving photographs. You were entertaining the Thraskins. Why? Ah, uh, well, to pass the time. And they seem to enjoy it. Why, I haven't broken any Venusian bylaws, have I? Not at all. What do you call yourself, red-faced creature? Henry Gordon Jago, ma'am. Then, Henry Gordon Jago, ma'am, I wish for you to entertain me. Ah, uh, well, uh, to be honest, uh, I'm more of an impresario than an actual performer. I tend to be the one who books the acts. If you do not entertain me, I shall have you sent back to the zoo. Or perhaps I shall simply have your head mounted on the wall. I say, I say, I say, what's the difference between Joan of Arc and an old oak table? Oh, a riddle! How amusing! Your Highness, my apologies for interrupting you. What is it, Captain Felina? The other creatures, and Chief Scientist Ursina. I think you should observe what they're doing on the televisor. Very well. Jago, ma'am, what is the difference between Joan of Arc and an old oak table? Ah, well, Your Highness, you see, the thing is, one's made of Orleans, the other's made of wood. Intriguing. You must explain these concepts to me. Uh, well, you see... But first, I wish you to be silent. What is the professor doing? As part of his work, it's necessary to make a detailed examination of the various injuries. Ah. That settles it, I'm afraid. This poor lady wasn't killed by a shadow. But the bite marks on her... Made after death. I've seen bodies which have been savaged by giant animals, and this is not one of them. By the look of it, the thing took one nibble and didn't care for the taste. But if the Shanghorn didn't kill her, what did? Well, that's where it gets interesting. You see here? I do not wish to look. Please describe what you see. It's a scorch mark. The fur has been burned away. And I've seen the weapon that creates such an injury. Quite recently, in fact. Captain Felina. Yes, Your Highness. Take a squadron of guards to the palace laboratories. Have Chief Scientist Ursina executed for treason, and have those two animals eradicated. What? As Your Highness commands. Oh, you can't! The Doctor and the Professor are wholly innocent! They know too much, as do you. Maybe I should have you eradicated too, Jago, ma'am. No, Your Majesty, I beg you. You beg me? Yes, most abjectly. Hmm. Then I shall grant you a chance to live. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you. You're too kind. For as long as you continue to amuse me, you shall be given food and water and a place of lodging. You can be my pet. Oh, thank you. You're most... Sorry, did you just say pet? But why would the Grand Empress want Corvina killed? You mentioned she had some theories about the origin of all these new species? Yes, she suspected they were the result of a change in the atmosphere due to oxygen pollution from our factories. Your factories produce oxygen? As a byproduct of synthesizing our food, yes. Hmm. But did Corvina discover anything else? Anything which would give Vulpina a reason to want her dead? I don't know. Except, wait, the 
forbidden caves. The what? Corvina believed they were the source of all the new life forms. Before she died, she was planning an expedition to explore them. These forbidden caves sound well worth a visit. Yeah, sure, Doctor. They sound decidedly grim to me. Yes. I wonder who gave them that name. The Grand Empress Vulpina. She decreed that anyone who visited the caves would face immediate execution. Run, Doctor! Professor! She sent her guards to have you killed! Get out while you can! They can't hear back the other way, you know. Can't they? Oh, oh makes sense now you explain it. Captain Felina, where are you? We're approaching the laboratory steeple now, Your Highness. Good. Whatever you do, they are not to escape. Understand? Don't worry, Your Highness. I've given the guard's orders to shoot on sight. Oh, corks! I can hardly bear to look. How do you turn this thing off? What are you doing, Jago, ma'am? Leave those controls alone. There must be some way of raising the alarm. Leave that, that switch alone! A megaphone! That's the ticket! Doctor! Professor! The Grand, Grand Empress Vulpina has sent a squadron of guards to have you and your lady friend shot. Run! Run for your lives! The guards are approaching the entrance to the... Oh, my word! What have they done to him? The ruffians! Professor, I think our best hope is to take his advice. You really think Vulpina wants us all killed? Well, she had your predecessor murdered, so I think in all probability, yes. If you still don't believe us, I recommend you take a look out of the window. By the lightning god. So, Asina, is there another way out of this building? If we go through the animal enclosures, we might be able to reach my sky yacht. That's the spirit. But there's something vitally important you have to do first. What? What's that? Would you be so kind as to release us from these manacles? My own chief scientist. She will die for her treachery. Captain Felina. Your Highness, we're burning through the laboratory door. Never mind the door, they're escaping through the science zoo. Very good, Your Highness. Heading down there now. You, Jago Mom, stop making that intolerable noise! Oh, oh, uh, what? Where am I? What? No. For a minute there, I'd hoped it was all some terrible dream. Persina, are these cages magnetically locked? What? Just answer the question, are they magnetically locked? Yes, why do you ask? I intend to liberate some of the local order. There! Can't you give them something to talk about? The Venusian spore beat. Yes, try to keep out of the eyeline, Professor. Its sting could knock you out for several hours. Is he finished, Doctor? My sky is telling outside. <sighs> Advance. Not in the name of the lightning god. God, destroy that thing. Kill it at once. Aha, getting away. Well done, Doctor. Bravo, bravo. Silence, you perfidious primate. Captain Felina. Felina, respond. This is your Empress. Respond. I'm sorry, Your Highness. They released a creature in the zoo. It was shooting jets of acid. We couldn't... I don't want excuses. I want them caught. I realise that, Your Highness. Captain Felina, prepare my sky yacht for launch. We know their destination. They can run, but they cannot hide. As you command, Your Highness. I don't know what you're looking so pleased about, Jago Marm. You are coming with me. Oh, corks.
Bad news, Doctor. Another Skyot has just launched from Amtor City on an intercept course. Uh, Valpina. Yes. We should be able to make it to the caves first, but only just. What's that? The genetic decoder. You brought it with you? It's portable. Why not? But that's impossible. Utterly impossible. Ah, you see? We did warn you we were not of this world. No, the Doctor, his readings are extraterrestrial. Yes, but you, Professor, according to this device, you're Venusian. But that's ridiculous! I was born in Clickham. Oh, of course. The oxygen factories, I should have realised. Tell us what, Doctor. <sighs> Professor, allow me to introduce Chief Scientist Orsina, one of your descendants. My what? I don't know if you're aware of this fact, Doctor, but I have not been blessed with offspring. Well, maybe not a direct descendant, but effectively you're her great-great-great-great-granduncle. I'm afraid I still don't understand. No, nor do I. No, of course you don't. It's been so long since you left Earth you've forgotten it was once the planet you called home. Home? But Earth is a dead world. Nothing can survive there. Yeah, but that wasn't always the case. After they'd exhausted the Earth's resources, the human race, your ancestors, had no choice but to find a new home. So they decided to settle on the Earth's twin planet of Venus. Like the Pilgrim Fathers on the Mayflower. But when they got here, they found the environment was unsuitable for human life. So what did they do? They modified their own bodies to survive on this planet. Exactly. They gave themselves new lungs, new eyes, new ears, and green fur. But deep down, were still the same old humans. Tell me, Jago, Mom, are all the creatures of the Earth like you? Well, no, there are elephants and tigers. You, you misunderstand me. Are all humans like you? More or less, yes. Not that I must admit I am one of the finer specimens of manhood. Of what? Of manhood, my dear. The male of the species, you know, chaps, gentlemen. The baritone section of the choir. Earth must be a strange world indeed. What, don't you have men here on Venus? We have a male gender, yes, but they're little more than parasites. Parasites? We simply use them for reproduction until they grow too old and sick and then select another mate from the breeding stock. <clears throat> Novel arrangement, if you don't mind me saying. You disapprove. No, no, no. When in Rome, etc., etc. Don't worry, the males have insufficient intelligence to feel any distress. Would you like to meet my husband, Jago Mama? Oh, I, I would. I would be honoured, Your Majesty. Hmm. Uh, sorry, what should I be looking at? Just above my stomach, on the side. Good grief! Is it him? The little round chap, about the size of a pomegranate. Uh, well. My dear fellow... Yeah, I wouldn't try and talk to him, Jago Mom. I've had him attached for over a month and I haven't heard a peep sense out of him in all that time. But if we're the descendants of Earth colonists, what does that have to do with the oxygen factories? Didn't it ever occur to you to wonder why your factories produced oxygen? I told you, as a byproduct of food synthesis. No, your ancestors were trying to change the atmosphere of this planet to make it breathable. And it appears they succeeded. Mm. So do you think that's connected to all these creatures emerging from the forbidden caves? Speaking of which, we've arrived. <sighs> Never thought I'd see them with my own eyes. Jolly impressive. Mm. The rock appears to have been carved into a geometric pattern. 
like a Persian rug. Yes. There's certainly something artificial about this place. What do you mean? I mean they were created for a purpose. And there's only one way to find out what that purpose might be. Adjourning to a library for research? No, Professor. I suspected as much. Oh, well, nothing ventured and all that. To be honest, I've always had a hankering to be the next David Livingstone. Oh, I met him once. Fellow couldn't read a map if his life depended on it. Here, take these electric illuminators. You'll need them. Shall I lead the way? No. I think in this case, it might be more appropriate if the gentleman went first. Because you are the most expendable. As you wish. Their sky yacht should be coming into visual range. Now. Then prepare to blast it to pieces. Wait, Your Highness. It appears there is no one on board. What? They must be making their way to the Forbidden Caves on foot. Then put us down beside their sky yacht and inform the guards that we are going on another hunting expedition. Professor, Sina, I think we've arrived. My word. It's like the nave of St. Paul's Cathedral. Mm. The cavern walls. What is that? Ice? Crystal? Some kind of cold storage. And there are creatures trapped inside the ice. Like flies caught in amber. Presumably, this is where all your specimens have been coming from, Ursina. What the deuce? That was a near miss. A warning shot, nothing more. Vulpina! You've caused me a great deal of trouble, Doctor. Always do what you're best at, that's what I say. As have your friends, the Professor and my treacherous Chief Scientist. I'm no traitor! Conspiring against your Grand Empress? What would you call it? You are not fit to be Empress. You murdered Corvina! I had her killed, yes. And soon you will have the honor of following her to the Happy Hunting Grounds. Captain Felina. Yes, Your Highness. Eradicate them. Oh, wait, wait! Henry! What are you doing here? Move out of the way of my guards, Jago Mama, or I shall have you eradicated too. I find I grow tired of my pet. Pet? Did she call you a pet? Mm. Well, I... What was that? I don't know. The ice crystals, Doctor. They're shimmering like gaslights. No. No! Guards, we must leave at once! But Your Highness, what about No this? time to argue! Captain Felina, seize the prisoners! Oh, but, oh, unhand me, madam! Doctor, what's happening? Some sort of force field between us and the others. I said get out of here! Move! All of you! As you command. Prisoners, forward! She's leaving. With the professor and your red-faced friend. She must still want them alive for some reason. But what made her decide to go? Something must have spooked her. Doctor, look. Welcome to the last resting place of the Cytherians. Look. Your Highness, why did you instruct us to leave? We had the traitors at our mercy. Do not question my orders. You have the hunting explosives? I have, Your Highness. Then it's time we did something I should have done a long time ago. Have your guards place the explosives around the cave entrance. We shall seal it up once and for all. But the doctor and that girl, Athena, will be buried alive. I can imagine no more deserving fate 
You, Whitehair! The names are Lightfoot. Professor Lightfoot. You and Jago Man can help lay the charges. Captain Felina, give them one sphere each. Any sign of treachery, eradicate them. You want us to lodge these silver baubles in the cave mouth? Well done. What a clever boy. But be warned, they are extremely volatile, so I recommend you don't drop them. Don't worry, I was a dab hand at the egg and spoon. This is pretty much the same thing. The Scytherians? What are the Scytherians? We are the original inhabitants of this world. Of course. You built all this. Indeed. To our shame, we were not the most prudent custodians of our planet. We exhausted our fossil fuels and rendered our planet uninhabitable. Too much carbon dioxide, creating a runaway greenhouse effect. And greed and pride transformed Cytheria into a desert world, ravaged by storms of acid rain. Cytheria? Their name to Venus. So don't tell me you decided to put yourself into suspended animation until such a time as your planet became habitable. Indeed. We preserved not just ourselves, but samples of every being, every plant, so that one day a new world might be born from the seeds of the old. And now we've been revived from our slumber, the young of our race stride upon the surface of this world once more. I'm sorry? What young? Asina. Look at him. What does he remind you of? I don't know. A very small, shriveled up Thraskin? Exactly. The Thraskins, the creatures you've been using as slaves, are Cytherian children. Careful! The rock face up here is quite slippery. Hurry, <laughs> you know, old chap. I might as well say it. I'm sorry. Sorry? What on earth for? For dragging you along on this jaunt. If it wasn't for me, you'd be safe at home enjoying some hot buttered toast. Nonsense! I came here my own volition. And besides, I've been rather enjoying this little excursion of ours. Well, what a story we'll have to tell if we get home. Hey. I doubt that anyone would believe us. But just think, Henry, you and I are probably the first men from Earth ever to set foot on another planet. Golly. <laughs> Sounds rather impressive when you put it like that. <clears throat> Come a long way from the days of the Palace Theatre and Lee Sin Chang, haven't we? The things we've seen, the adventures we've had. Well, I tell you something, Henry. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Me neither, old chap. Me neither. I say, there's more of that crystal stuff poking out through the roof of the cave here. Crystal stuff. The cave's full of it. Oh, could be valuable. Look, this bit's loose. Pretty as a diamond and big as an egg. Put it down, Henry. This is hardly the time and place for collecting souvenirs. Humans, place the charges, or you will both be eradicated. Oh, well. Duty calls. Ruthless taskmasters, these Venusians. Yes. Pass me one of those spheres, could you? Peculiar things, aren't they? Not much larger than a sovereign. Henry, you've just given me a small pebble. I know, old chap. From this distance, Felina won't be able to tell the difference. Fear not. 
The ever-resourceful Gordon Jago has cogitated and concocted a cunning plan. We intended to educate the Treskins when they were fully grown, but they were taken from us by the leader of your city. Alpina? She's been here. She was the first of your kind to make contact. She promised to help us. And instead, she betrayed you. So that's why she forbade anyone from coming here. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, who precisely are you? I am Vemijam, the memorial of the Siderians. When it came time for us to abandon our world, the greatest minds of our society pulled their consciousnesses into a single being. A being that could act both as a teacher and as an ambassador. A psychic collective? Through me, I did many speakers well. Doctor, this is all very interesting, but what about Lupina and your two friends? No, you're right. I doubt she's been sitting twiddling her thumbs while we've been down here. Your guards have set the charges around the cave entrance. They have, Grand Empress. And did the humans position their explosives as instructed? They did, Your Highness. I observed the creatures throughout and searched them on their return. Then let us waste no more time. Detonate the charges. <clears throat> you wish to speak, Jago Ma'am? Yeah, yes, this is embarrassing, Confessioner. I was so preoccupied laying the charges, I seem to have inadvertently misplaced one of them. What? I thought I had it in my left hand. But you see, it's not there. I thought I had it in my right hand. But it's not there either. But where is it? It's on the tip of my tongue. By the lightning god, the fool's got it in his mouth. Jago, mum, spit it out immediately. I'm not sure you want me to do that. Whoopsie-daisy. Bang, bang. I think what Henry's trying to say is, if you don't do exactly as we say, he'll explode. And he'll take all of you with him. You would risk your lives to save your friends? Of course. Then let us put your loyalty to the test. Captain Felina, eradicate Professor Lightfoot. What? No, no. If you do not wish to watch your fellow human die, Jago Ma'am, hand Felina the explosive. Very slowly. Don't do it. I could set it off right now and kill us all. You could, but something tells me you don't have the courage. You're wrong. Henry Gordon Jago never bluffs. Then go ahead, human. Murder me in cold blood. Oh, dash it. Can't do it. Gonna lost me nerve. Give Captain Felina the explosive. Here. Take the blasted thing. Felina, neutralize the charge. I've already done so, Your Highness. Then let us waste no more time. Detonate the remaining charges. Five. Sorry, George. Turns out I'm not so brave after Three. Nothing to apologize for, though, chap. One. Jolly good try. Now! <laughs> oh, my word. The doctor. They've buried him alive. Assuming he is still alive down there. Oh, poor chap. Well, I can't help feeling responsible somehow after all, all he's done for us. I know, Henry, I know. But we did our best. And when it comes to it, that's all anyone can do. Doctor! The cave roof is collapsing! Well, Peter must be trying to seal us in. Watch out! Oops. 
fear, no harm will come to you. Oh. The force field. Thank you. But we're still trapped. You underestimate our power. It'll be a simple matter to create a new entrance. No. No. Oh, what is it? Speak for the minds of the Cytherians, Doctor. Uh -huh. And the majority consider this unprovoked attack to be an act of war. What? But Vulpina, she doesn't represent Venusians. She is your leader. She is the one who speaks for the many. I am sorry. Sorry? Sorry for what? For what we are about to do. What? That's Antor City. What are you doing? What? No! Oh. No, no, you can't! If you destroy the elevation balloons, it will crash to the ground! Listen to me, Vepaja. There are innocent people in that city, people who will help you, given the chance. They don't work like you. They don't take collective decisions. It wasn't them who blew up the cave. You can still coexist in peace. No, Doctor. The time for peace has passed. Now it is time for war. that because of what you've done, hundreds if not thousands of innocent lives will be lost. Don't forget, our young are imprisoned in that city. We do not wish them to come to any harm. The trees will cushion the impact and Antor will remain undamaged. What? Then what are you trying to do? Our young have been hunted for your sport and made into your slaves. Now it is time for the creatures of Cytheria to take their revenge. Oh, of course. The Shanghorns. You can control them. You are correct, Doctor. We can direct them with our minds. And send them to slaughter everyone in Amtor? For all the difference, you might as well have let the city crash to the ground. Hard to make out through the smoke, Your Highness. 
but it appears the city is intact. Thank the sun god. Put us down beside the palace. I must be amongst my people. Oh, my ears are popping. Try holding your nose and swallowing. Oh, what's the use, old chap? The doctor's dead, thanks to us. And if these Venusians don't kill us, we're facing a lifetime as performing poodles in some monstrous menagerie. I'm saying, how curious. How curious? Is that all you can say about our dismal fate? I wasn't referring to that, Look out of the porthole. Yes, jolly impressive view, trees as far as the eye can. Oh, God, my soul. Shangles. Thousands of them. Like a herd of stampeding wildebeest. Yes? And they're heading straight for the city. Several relatives surrounded. All that is required is for us to give the command that the Shanghorns will destroy the city. And everyone in it. Doctor, isn't there anything we can do? I'm afraid persuasion isn't going to work. Not against a lynch mob baying for blood. Then what do you suggest? We can't just stand here and watch. Pepperger, I wonder if I might beg a favour. Vulpina has taken two of my friends to the city, the humans, Lightfoot and Jago. What is this favour you desire of us? Would it be possible for you, in your great wisdom and mercy, to enable me to speak to them one last time before they're killed? Just to uh, say goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> These Aetherians are not without compassion. Your wish shall be granted. Captain Felina, what is happening? It's no good. The Shanghorns are stampeding towards Amptor from every direction. We've tried using the lasers, but they're not even slowing down. Then you are to join your guards outside my throne room and prevent those creatures from entering here at all costs. But what you're asking, th that's certain death. Aren't you prepared to lay down your life for your empress? Maybe I was once, but not anymore. Captain Felina, this is treason. No. If anyone has betrayed our people, it is you. You dare accuse me, you pusillanimous apostate. I should have you eradicated! Say one more word, Vulpina, and I shall have you eradicated. Guards, escort our former Grand Empress to her royal chambers and keep her there. Don't know, seem to be the change in management. Humans, we have no quarrel with you. You are both now at liberty to leave. You're granting us our freedom. Well, very kind and all that, but what with the herd of shanghorns outside the front door, it all seems a little bit moot. Doctor calling Amtor, Doctor calling Amtor, are you receiving me? Doctor, you're alive! Evidently, and is the professor with you? Here, Doctor, but I have grave news for you. I'm afraid we're both trapped in the Venusian city. Yes, listen, I can't talk for long. I just wanted to say to you I'm very sorry for everything that's happened. I should never have brought you here. Nonsense, Doctor. Won't hear a word of it. Indeed, you are without blame. This excursion was entirely our idea. Nevertheless, I wish to apologize to make my peace with you. Make your peace? What are you saying, man? Goodbye, Professor. Goodbye, Henry Gordon Jago. It's been an honor knowing you. And you too, Doctor, you too. Just but... remember, if you're going to go, go out on a song. Go out on a song? I say, that's in rather poor taste. Wait. 
The doctor was trying to tell us something. Henry, think back for a moment. What one thing did the doctor tell us about Shanghorns? Well, that, that you can send them to sleep by playing them music. Precisely. You're saying there is some way of pacifying these creatures? Possibly, my dear. What we need is some music. Music? What is music? You don't know. I would not ask if I knew. You don't have music on Venus? No concert recitals? No choral societies? No opera? No knees-ups? No sing-alongs? No music-alls? No. What a dashed dull place. Well, if the Venusians don't have music, we shall just have to provide our own, won't we? Not sure I'm following you, old chap. Sing, Henry! Sing! But how to achieve sufficient volume? Wait. When you were a captive of Vulpina, you warned us about the guards using some manner of amplification system. The communal address. Vulpina used it to give proclamations. <laughs> Testing. One, two. Seems to be in working order. So, music. Any requests? I'm not sure that it matters. It's just that now I'm on the spot, I can't think of anything appropriate. Appropriate? How many songs do you know that are appropriate for attempting to soothe a herd of rampaging Shanghorn? Well, none, George. That's rather the problem. You'd better come up with something. Look at the remote televisor. Oh, course. They almost reached the city. Then there's no time to lose. Have you thought of something to sing yet, Henry? Uh, well, I have. I'm not sure it's entirely seasoned. Never mind the season, man. Just start. God bless you, Mary, gentlemen, nothing you dismay. For Jesus Christ, our Saviour, was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. I don't believe it. It's working. The Shanghorns are slowing down. Keep making the strange noises. It's called singing, my dear. Everyone's a critic. Second verse, same as the first. God bless you, merry gentlemen, and nothing you dismay. For Jesus Christ our Saviour was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. The Shanghorns are all curling up to sleep. Every single one. Maybe you'd care to join in? Yes, the more the merrier. God rest you merry gentlemen, and nothing you dismay. For Jesus Christ our Saviour was born upon this day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. What is happening? Something is rendering the Shanghorns unconscious. It seems the Venusians have somehow discovered the secret of how to put a Shanghorn out of action. So maybe declaring war on them wasn't such a good idea after all. What are you saying, Doctor? I'm saying that now might be a good time to reconsider your options. I the Venusians are going to be rather cross about what you've done to their city. And if you don't make amends pretty sharpish, they're going to be heading this way with as many weapons as they can muster. You're threatening us? Not at all. Merely stating the facts of the matter. Listen, you've been given a second chance, a chance to make peace. A chance to find a way of sharing this world. I could speak to my people on your behalf. We're not all like Vulpina. She betrayed us as much as she betrayed you. Your suggestion... <laughs> 
is acceptable to the majority. We wish to apologize for what has occurred. And we're sorry for mistreating the Thraskins. The moment I get back to Amtor, I'll make sure they're all released into the wild. There. Now, if you could just provide us with a way out, we really should be heading back to the city. Try some of this foam moss. There you go. Curious coves, these Shanghorns, aren't they? They're rather charming in their own way. Do you know, I wouldn't mind having one as a pet. A pet? Keep that hulking great brute as a pet. Sorry, Henry. I forgot that's still a bit of a sore point with you. Hmm, don't worry. You don't have a rival. You'll always be my favourite. Oh, 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 most amusing, Professor. Most amusing. So, how are your people taking to living life with their feet on the ground? Surprisingly well, Doctor. With the produce of the jungle available to us, we no longer have any need of the oxygen factories. We can instead dedicate ourselves to the study of Cytherian science. You're now on the best of terms with the planet's previous owners, then, I take it. Thanks to the Doctor and yourself. The Cytherians have much to teach us, and in return, we take care of the Thraskins. I thought you'd released all the furry fellas into the wild. We have, but they are only children. They need someone to watch over them, to make sure they don't get into trouble. Well, I've heard of the nanny state. And your former Grand Empress. What did Felina decide to do with her in the end? Ah, now that we have no need for the zoo, it was decided that it should be put to another use. That's Falpina's new home. She's well looked after, fed and watered, and we make sure her cage is cleaned out twice a day. <laughs> Give her a taste of her own medicine, what? <laughs> but if the zoo's no longer open for business, what about you, my dear? Me? Aren't you, um, no longer in gainful employment? Oh, I see what you mean. No, I've decided to devote myself to the study of this new art form called music. I believe it has interesting possibilities. That song you and Mr. Jago sang, for instance, it would make a very good lullaby. God rest you, Mary. You're using God rest you, Mary, gentlemen, as the basis for a Venusian lullaby. We would have to change the words, of course. Of course. Well, here we are. The TARDIS. This is your spacecraft. This blue box. Mm. Appearances can be deceptive. It may look like a small wooden hut. But inside... Inside, there is a whole world of wonders. Mm. Goodbye, Ursina, and good luck. Goodbye, Doctor, Professor, Mr. Jago. Goodbye. Goodbye, my dear. Goodbye. Goodbye. Do you know, that explains a great deal. Because when I came here before, the Venusians and the Thraskins were coexisting in harmony. When you came here before? Yes, when I came here before, in the future. Well... Still don't understand. So where to now, Doctor? Hmm? I'm sorry? Hmm? What with all the heat and the exertion? Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a little parched. So I propose you navigate a course to the nearest libationary establishment. He means the nearest public house. Do you know of such a place, Doctor? Do I know of such a place? I can take you anywhere in the universe, anywhere in time and space. And you want to go to a pub? Not too much to ask, is it? Oh, very well. 
Well, I could take you to the Emerald Tea Rooms of Jastan Seven, or the Throat Emporium of Colactin Major, or the Voxnick Institute of Applied Toxicology. No, no, I know just a place. A place where the service is friendly and the atmosphere is divine. And where the refreshments are to die for. Oh, sounds tremendous. Yes, take us there. As you wish. Setting a course for... The Red Tavern Earth. smell that taproom sawdust already. Mine's a pint of... Hmm. Oh no, not sawdust, it's... Seaweed. And sand. And salt air, unless I'm very much mistaken. Don't say it, don't say it. I can see that this isn't a pub. It's a beach. Uh, it's a beach. Oh well. Who's your bag of chips in? I'm not sure that'll be possible. This is the 1590s. Ah, you mean the fried potato? Hasn't been invented yet. No. Nor has the paper bag. Ah. So where are we then? Norfolk? Could be Cromer. With palm trees. Torquay then, or Cornwall. They don't look very Cornish to me. No, Professor, they don't. Let's get back inside the TARDIS. Ah! Oh, by heaven! That fellow was sitting on top of the thing! Oh, I say! Don't, don't away that dirty red knife at Misha! And his friends are almost upon us! Englishmen! Poor pestilent Englishmen! All right, gentlemen, when I say run, the contract run! Not that way! Henry! Henry! Get your hands off, Mr. Doctor! Professor, careful of that knife! Hold them! These two, bind their wrists! We're no threat to you, listen! I'm the doctor, and this is Professor George Lightfoot. Your names are not to me, though a man of medicine. We are simply visitors. Friendly visitors. Friendly. That is the word the others used. The other Englishmen who landed here. And what happened to them? Gone. Every man, every woman, every babe. Gone to their graves. Or worse. And you will surely share their fate.
enjoyed this transport of delight. Well, make the most of it because we're about to laugh. Good. Not a moment too soon. And that's when it really gets exciting. I'm Colin Baker and I play one of those doctor fellows. Can it really be? Jiminy, it is so. I'm Trevor Baxter and I play Professor Lightfoot. I'm Christopher Benjamin I play Henry Gordon Jago. One minute, London. The next. Goodness knows where. Indeed. My new companions, oh, they're wonderful. I, th- I see myself more as their companion, really. Jago and Lightfoot. Of course, I remember seeing Talents of Weng Triang, and I remember them from that. The Doctor! But you look completely different. It's a yeah. different experience, really, the, the, the two Doctors, isn't it, really? Mm. With Colin, Colin Baker, it's more a physical journey we go on. We, we go on, um, but with Tom, it's more of an intellectual journey, I think, really. Mm. It was, you know, going into the worlds of thought more, it seemed to me, the last mm. one we did. Well, he's left me behind there. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, good, because yeah, I intended yeah. to. I just went to elementary school. <laughs> don't forget, Henry, the doctor's machine can travel in time as well as in space. What he's saying is that he met these Venusians before, but at a later date. Ah, I understand. Do you? Not at all, no. I don't know what you're looking so pleased about, Jago Marm. You are coming with me. Oh, corks. Juliette Aubrey playing Vulpina. I'm Catherine Harvey and I'm playing Felina. I'm Charlie Norfolk and I'm playing Ursina. Very excited to be doing Doctor Who. I'm the big fan of Doctor Who and um, this is proving to be a very fun afternoon. Don't look much like Thraskins to me. You, the loud and colourful one. Me? You called me a killer. Got the wonderful characters of the Doctor and Henry Gordon Yeager and Professor George Lightfoot, played by the wonderful. Colin Baker, Christopher Benjamin, Trevor Baxter, fantastic group of people mm, to be working with and their characters are just they've been defining them for so many years that they've got uh, a lot of lot of innuendos between them all. It's, it's um yeah, it's, it's it's interesting working with them. I thought it was very interesting because my first reading of the, the script I thought, oh, um, who's gonna be the doctor's companion? And I was really, really surprised that uh Jago and Lightfoot were there as um not really companions to the Doctor, but but more than that. And I really, really enjoyed the interaction between them. I thought it was lots and lots of fun. They have such rich, versatile voices that they can make a syllable last, you know, 10 seconds. And I can hear them doing all this wonderful acting that's in between the words. And I just seem to be saying mine and they just sound a bit bit pathetic. (laughs) No, but I mean, um, they're, they're just, Oh, it's it's a real privilege. It's it's wonderful to to work with people of that caliber, with with properly trained voices whose voices you can tell could carry sort of through a whole amphitheater and every microphone. And um, I lo- I love that. I'm a sucker for a voice. I listen to a lot of audio stuff, and so I mean it's just heaven to be working with people like that. It's, it's great. Let me just say how humbled and uh, honoured and overjoyed I am to be in your exalted presence. It's amazing in the booth to to listen to them recording and how incredible their their voices are and what they do. Juliet and I were talking about it outside, about the the pictures that they paint. When you're standing there, you can really, really hear it in the booth. You have the most extraordinarily expansive speech patterns. One does one's best, Your Majesty. Indeed. We enjoy it enormously, and the more we do it, the more at ease one feels with the material. 
I mean, it's, it's great meeting all these doctors, isn't it? Yes, that's yeah. very good. Very good meeting the other actors, and uh, uh, very good fulfilling our own roles. Yes, mm. uh, and and it widening the roles. I'm I'm feeling much more comfortable now in the part than I ever have done. Yes, just from you know. Yes, I think you're getting better. <laughs> I think I think I'm getting I'm getting quite close to it. Yes. When I came here before, the Venusians and the Thraskins were coexisting in harmony. When you came here before? Yes, when I came here before, in the future. No, still don't understand. It's a joy to work with those two again, because I've worked with both of them a long time ago. We worked out my very first television I made in 1969. <laughs> Dear God. Um, was Roads to Freedom. And Chris, Chris Benjamin and uh, Mr Baxter were both in that. So... Uh, um, we've just been having a little reminisce and it's just like it's funny 40 odd years have gone by and it's like nothing nothing's changed at all just all a little bit older I'm afraid it must be rather tedious for everybody else sitting in the green room because we're going oh and do you remember old Boffy and Binky and it's, it's, it's like a terrible PG Woodhouse send-up of actors well, I can't say I'm altogether impressed with these Venusian coves, Doctor. First chance they get, they stick as endurance vile. Hello, I'm Jonathan Morris, and I wrote Voyage to Venus. They could easily have had us all killed. After all, Henry, as far as they're concerned, we're simply wild animals. Writing for Lightfoot and Jago with the Sixth Doctor is quite tricky um, because they are three big, proactive characters, and the danger is always that one of them shuts up a bit and you need to keep them all but all talking and and obviously the doctor has to be the hero of the adventure but it's also like in jagu have to be the heroes of the adventure so you've got three character three big characters who all have to have a big slice of the action and so the sort of challenge there is to give them all a chance to shine fear not the ever resourceful gordon jago has cogitated and concocted a cunning plan I like Johnny. He's a good man. He's Johnny Morris. He writes well for my doctor, and he writes very. He, he writes good words. I like writers who like good words. And I think if you're writing for Jago and Lightfoot, you, they always get good words because uh, um, they both swallow well. Particularly Lightfoot has swallowed a dictionary, and I love it. I think I was originally asked to write for season four, but uh, before I'd even started thinking about the possibility of writing for it, uh, it's it became could you write the special and so that's that was the sort of starting point and the brief was um, it would be Lightfoot and Jago's first trip with Doctor Natardis and so my thinking was to try and make a sort of science fiction adventure but to keep the 19th century Victorian feel of the, um, the other Lightfoot and Jago stories and so it couldn't be too futuristic it would have to sort of keep that sort of um Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, Edgar Rice Burroughs sort of feel and hopefully we sort of tie in with sort of 19th century social ideas of colonialism and, and evolution rather than being so much of a sort of 20th or 21st century story. On behalf of Her Majesty and the British Empire of course. Stick a Union Jack in the heathen soil and whatnot. Do you have such a flag about your person Henry? Well, no, 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 I don't. Then I suggest we defer our colonial responsibilities for the time being. It's old-fashioned sci-fi. It's, uh, um, it's, it's, it's the very first sci-fi I ever read were things like Voyage to Venus and Perilandra and those kind of things where we were preoccupied with Venus and Mars and the idea of going far beyond that wasn't, you know, in our sphere of 
thought. So the, the John Wyndham and, as I suppose you, you're quite right, Jules Verne, um, our sci-fi parameters were quite um, parochial <laughs> in a kind of solar system sense. Um, obviously the Doctor's is somewhat wider. So it's quite nice to do a kind of Venus story and uh, the twin planet, as we called it. After they'd exhausted the Earth's resources, the human race, your ancestors, had no choice but to find a new home. So they decided to settle on the Earth's twin planet of Venus. Like the Pilgrim Fathers on the Mayflower. But when they got here, they found the environment was unsuitable for human life, so what did they do? They modified their own bodies to survive on this planet. Exactly. The sort of feel of the story is trying to sort of is a, has a sort of Edgar Rice Burroughsy sort of um, thing, like feel like the early Flash Gordons as well. Sort of um, the actual science of setting up a oxygen factory in a cloud city on Venus is actually good. Hopefully, well, it's re- is relatively sound modern science fiction of how, if you ever going to do it, how you would terraform Mars. The way to go probably would be trying to adapt the atmosphere to get more oxygen to live in the atmosphere and probably to um, genetically engineer your own species in order to survive which is all slightly borrowed from um, a book called Last and First Men by Olaf Stapledon so um, I don't claim any originality there but it's hopefully there's some proper science fiction in there too Oh, my ears are popping Try holding your nose and swallowing There's original storyline had more I think on the sort of Venusian society it was that I think I remember writing scenes of uh, Jago going on a tour of the city and seeing the the um, Venusians baby farms and so on but it's all it was all stuff which I, I would have great difficulty in actually writing in audio and as I was writing it it was the first draft was you know 75 minutes and so it was like okay that's that's good i can now um tighten it up as as much as possible and so lots of um just bits and bobs of local color than discussing the weather and so on <laughs> which was all you know great fun to write of because obviously venusian weather is fascinating but um all that sort of went by the wayside along the way mr jago professor lightfoot you are standing on the planet Venus. Good Lord, Venus! My idea of setting it on, on Venus would obviously be to refer back in various ways to the John Pertwee stories where he would obviously name drop his Venusian uh, karate and Aikido and the Venusian lullaby and I think it Curse of Paladon and I think it's in the time monster that he goes on about Thraskins and the perigosto stick in the green of death so not, not quite tying in everything so i don't think i i've managed to incorporate the metal seas of venus but um just to sort of in- involve that color so that um all the hardcore fans who are listening which i'm sure is everyone uh will pick up on all those references and go yes that's that's a very very bad joke at the end to end on well done johnny God rest you, merry gentlemen, and nothing you dismay. For Jesus Christ, our Saviour was born upon this day. To my fan shame, I got it wrong. I got, um, in the first draft of the script, I had, um, Life in Jago singing, uh, Good King Wenceslas, because for some reason I thought that was the tune that John Pertwee sang, Clocleda Partha Menin Clatch 
2 in the Curse of Paladon, and I think it's wonderful and extremely um, reassuring that I still get these things wrong. Keep making the strange noises. It's called singing, my dear. Everyone's a critic. There are things I don't know about Doctor Who. I don't know all that well. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> God rest you merry gentlemen and nothing you dismay For Jesus Christ our Saviour was born upon this day To save us all from Satan's power and we were gone astray Oh tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy Take a, a quick tea break there. Oh, lovely! Yeah. Hey! <laughs> We've earned some tea.